We literally moments ago finished watching the absolutely riveting Sony PlayStation 5 technical talk. Yeah. Dive. Well, How I didn't watch all of it. I think, did you, Jameson? Did you watch it all? I guess watched, I guess, yeah, technically, yes, I guess I did. You were there. I was, I was, Present. I, it was on and my ears were listening to it the whole time, I guess. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> yeah. I would say yes as well. If I had to, uh, if, if I had to do a quick, if I did do paint a quick picture, it's as if Mark mm-hmm. Cerny uh, took me by a hand to lead me through a mm-hmm. maze and began to sprint. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, catch up, idiot. <laughs> I like that, Ben. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah. It uh, like it, you because you if like if you sprint if you start to sprint with them like you're good you're good but as soon but the, as you the unfortunate stop, thing is that it's the fucking shining maze so yeah, it's like uh oh as, as soon as you stop Mark's gone and the black bear gets you your breakfast yeah <clears throat> I just I just found the image of Mark Cerny running funny exactly it's nice <laughs> yeah isn't it? yep it's kind of yeah. cute <laughs> he's running yeah. through like a giant I tall love Mark Cerny he's such a character yeah. but. Yeah. He needs to be, you know, uh, given in small doses. That's exactly what Sarah said. To the public, said. to the public. Because <laughs> he is a huge nerd. Yeah. And, uh, woof. It's just, I don't know, it's just bad. Honestly, it's a, it's a fine talk. It's fine. Yeah. But the fact that they posted it on their Twitter page, like, a day before, and they, and they called it the Road to PS5. Oh, boy. And they put it on their YouTube stream as a live stream. And it's the middle of March, and everyone's at home fucking losing their minds because of a pandemic and also just console <clears throat> warrior fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just Mark Cerny standing in front of, like, a Mystery Science Theater fucking presentation, talking to a fake audience uh, for 55 minutes about nerdy tech stuff. It was just... It was a mistake to advertise it. Yeah, what <laughs> and to did put they it think the people public. would be expecting? I don't think I yeah. don't think they had a I don't think they had a choice how how big it got though or how much people invested but they, in it. Man, they said they were like the we're going to do the a smart real way deep to do it. it. The smart, yeah, 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 for sure. But like the smart way to do it is just do what Xbox Xbox did like two days ago, which is here Digital Foundry. Yeah, you do all some this folks. work for us because your subscribers will listen mm-hmm. and they care. Yeah, uh, instead of a fucking live stream uh, that like a million people watch and was trending on Twitter and. You know, it's like, oh, it's not, it's not great. It's not great. No. no. As a first impression. Just not sexy enough. Movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Not enough well, sex, to be honest. And like the PS4 mm-hmm. reveal was, uh, was good because it, it did a lot of this nerdy tech stuff, but it had game announcements, demos, tech demos, other people talking that weren't Mark Cerny. And they were yeah, well, the, the Xbox One was pretty similar. That had nerdy tech stuff in it, but it was highly produced, shown in a flashy style, you know, had Master Chief walk out in front of the fridge. It yeah. kind of had Don something Matrick for spoke. everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it was also only like four minutes long yeah. as well as a segment of a larger show. Yeah, I think... You say how many flops there are, and then you show Master yeah. Chief. Yeah. It's, it's... I get it. I get that, you know, GDC was cancelled. They want to do this talk, but... Maybe just like post it on the GDC channel, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would actually then, have been a nicer way to do it. Yeah. Like and just then get like your hands foundry. off it a bit. Like just exactly. You need a mirror. Like don't look right at it. 
Like the the tweet was the the tweet advertising it yesterday was like the second most liked PlayStation tweet in history or something like that. <laughs> Great. They're, like you know, people are desperate. So it was a. I would say that was a big yikes. Uh, I really really enjoyed watching the chat. Uh, yes. The disconnect oh, yeah. there was fantastic. <laughs> People asking for like Spider Man Two and GTA Six, <laughs> and there's Mark Cerny talking about like 6. packaging specific moments of RAM so that HRFT audio and- placement is a very highly technical 3D audio subspace infrastructure, and it's like show GTA Six, coward. Oh, the disconnect between expectations and delivery was very fun. It was good. It was good. Um, but- it's unfortunate <sighs> that it is now almost the end of March. And we still don't know fucking... We still haven't seen anything in- exciting from either of these consoles, regard- yeah. a.k.a. video games. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to get anything until probably June-ish. Yeah. Um, I just want confirmation. I just want them to be public about, you know, is the pandemic affecting things? Because there seems to be a lot of theorizing and rumors that, no, it's fine. or No, it's not fine. And I, I would yeah. like just like some confirmation. I want they my expectations to be... Yet. Yeah. 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 It's kind it's of too like, early still, and I think we're all kind of like we. It, it's cool, like we'd all be cool if there was, because yeah, if it's, if it's delayed, everything it's delayed. is like it's just here, this is where we are right now. So yeah, it's like yeah. don't worry about like just be, like everything's gonna bail out and all this garbage. Like everything's gonna shake out in the end. Like just mm-hmm. delay it. Like just do I it. I bet they ship this fall. Uh, like the the yeah. experts were saying that they they'll know by the end of Q two what yeah. their schedule is. So by like probably by the time they announce, you know, do the E3, quote-unquote, E3 stuff, mm. yeah. they'll know for sure uh, if they're shipping this fall. And if they are shipping this fall, I have to imagine it's in much more limited quantities. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I would be surprised if they missed this fall, but I would also not be surprised if they didn't ship I would this really, fall because this yeah. year is so fucking weird, you know? <laughs> it was like Q1 2021, I wouldn't mind at all. Gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. The complicated thing, though, is it's just, like, such a massive machine, you know? Like, there's so much, like, years of, like, we're shipping fall 2020, and it's, like, I don't know if they can afford to do that or if the machine can be stopped, you know, seven months beforehand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think about where they would be, like, where where they would be right now that would be caught, like, that would be impacted this much. Because mass production, probably not so much, if a lot of it's automated anyway. Yeah. Well, production, like the consoles last generation, or rather this current generation, like the PS4 launch models were made in late late August, early September. Okay, um, wow. Okay. But, you know, the parts are made and stockpiled for like a year before that. So who kn- it's hard yeah. to say. Yeah, it's I, and reading comments from people that are smarter and more in tune with like supply chain stuff, it's. <clears throat> supply chain starts sounds like it's starting to spin up in china again apple mm. has said they're not concerned and if apple isn't concerned then <clears throat> it's probably not a problem for everyone else mm-hmm. uh but also they don't know for sure until june so it's yeah it's but then the pro then it's like okay if maybe china can make them but then are the developers able to finish their software in time yeah you know, when everyone's working from home for a month or six months because <laughs> uh, we don't really know what the fuck's going on day to day anymore so it's a fantastic year to ship a console uh it's certainly certainly keeping things exciting well you know i've had some of Which my like. um multiple of my friends <laughs> hit me up and ask if i have a spare console because people are home and they 
just don't have anything to wow. do. So it is theoretically a very good year to release a console. Just you yeah. know, on the consumer side, not on their side. I am glad. It's unfortunate to say, but I am glad that old people are dying. Right? We were all no. no. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, yeah. uh, um, no, I'm just glad that uh, things are remaining extremely weird for video games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, every once in a while, you, you yeah, you worry about the fact that like uh we're just in cruise control. It's so simple now. Mm-hmm. And then they're like global pandemic. Delaying everything. Everyone's working from home. GDC canceled. E3 canceled. Will the consoles even ship this year? Will there be video games anymore? It's like, ah, okay. I don't know anymore. I don't know what's happening. It's the uh, wild, wild west. It is the wild, wild west. Yeah. But I kind of like they it. They canceled I, E3. Yeah, like like I said, I like it. I like that. Like this is yeah. a new opportunity, the- finally, for everyone to update everything and just like yeah. start presenting shit however you want to present it. Like you don't yeah. have. Like you don't have to do anything. Like there's no rules now. Like no rules. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no structure. There's no structure. The power's back, and, and it's the perfect devs. time for it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. E3 has been happening for E3 happened for 25 years in a row. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, that's that's and it just it's a giant wave. That's all E3 was because the production that you had to do for it during that time was detrimental. Yeah. Like would be detrimental to your workforce. It's weird. Like E3. There's a lot of benefits to E3 that we don't think about. Like it's like there's a the lot casual of meetings and, and business business that happens at E3 that we never see any of. That, like, mm-hmm. that is probably very important. Networking, um, and, yeah. And then yeah, like networking especially, and just like those those get deals made. Deals happen at E3 all the time that we that result in weird marketing things and all sorts of stuff. I'm sure. But then there's the part where it's like yes, for 25 years people have been building. Uh, you know, their whole game development schedule around when do we show off the E3 build. Right. And there have obviously been horrible stories of, like, work crunch around E3 demos. But at the same time, E3 demos in the past have been like, oh, shit, we showed this off. We were sort of, as a team, not not super feeling it. We weren't sure if we were on the right course. And then we showed the E3 demo off, and, and it was like a revitalizing thing for the team, and we realized we were making a good game. Uh, and that resulted in them oh the opposite shipping. for like Anthem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but there's, so there's interesting like positives and benefits. Like I remember, I think there was some sort of behind the scenes for Titanfall. I think uh, I think Jeff Keighley did a, the final hours of Titanfall. Hmm. Uh, I think, and and they were like not having a good time making that game because they were going through all the the Activision lawsuit stuff as well. Yeah, with definitely the, the founders. And um and they were not feeling great going into E3 and then the E3 demo which they showed was amazing, um made them realize that their game is awesome and everyone's Aww. excited for it and it like revi- and that happens quite often. Wow. Okay. And then, like you said, obviously the opposite happens with shitty demos like Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, a few um a few yeah, companies it, have already you know pledged to keep the tradition going in digital form. Ubisoft have said yeah. they're doing. I think Microsoft confirmed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Microsoft, 100%. Yeah. I think Square has said so as well. Um, we have to see. It'd be more interesting in 2021 because I think people are going to keep the spirit yes. alive for this year. Uh, and then yeah. after that, it depends, you know, uh, what results do they see in 2020 when they do their digital stuff? Do they like it more? Do they like it less? And mm. Yeah. Just have to see yeah, what I, next I, year. It'll, I, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I would... E3, as it is currently existed in the past, is 100% dead for sure. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. Yeah. what form it takes in the future who knows maybe it doesn't 
and everyone just does digital events from now on, uh, which wouldn't be a bad thing for the you know generic consumers. We don't really give a shit, yeah. but I think I think because it's been it existed for twenty five years, there's enough mindset of like June is video game news time, and mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to probably keep doing that. Probably, yeah, that makes um, sense. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's a hell of a time, and part of me also is kind of sad that E three got canned because. I wanted to see what it was going to be this year because there was all so much scuttlebutt behind the scenes that it was just going to be an absolute shit show. Oh, um, really? <clears throat> yeah, like they they well, I mean, it's been like a long year round year long downward spiral for E three, right? Last year, starting with the crazy doxing leaking of all the inform- information that came out, yeah, for the for the press, which was terrible. Um. But then, yeah, there's. They were talking about they. They put out their plan for E3 and or like sort of their vision, and it was like celebrity engagement, you know, uh, <laughs> consumer activations, and and like <laughs> and all this terrible shit talking. And then when Jeff Keighley bailed, who who he does like play a part in sort sort of the presentation of E3. He was like, he straight up said he's like, I don't like where E3 is. I don't like their plan for this year. I'm out. Fuck yeah. And there was rumors that Sony was doing the same thing as well. Like they were planning to be at E3 this year and they were like, no, we don't like where this is headed. And then I am 8-Bit, which was hired, a studio hired as the creative directors of E3, quit E3 like two weeks ago before they canceled it. And they were like, yeah, we're not doing this, sorry. And they didn't say (laughs) it was because of COVID. They said it was because they didn't like where the things were headed with E3. So I want to know we'll what that know. means. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. That shadow money, sad, dude. Shadow what, money what involved. Planning? We'll never know. God. We will never, ever know. It's a tragedy. I kind of want to see it now. Dark Web runs That's E3? Question mark? Yeah. That's the thumbnail. So it's it's convenient for them that they don't have to put it on because it was probably going to be a disaster regardless. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love a disaster. Fucking WrestleMania is canceled, dude. Whee! I'm so sorry for you, Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm just really fascinated to see if it'll be better or worse in a empty arena. <laughs> <laughs> Will the wrestling be better when all these dudes haven't been wrestling like for that long? I'm hoping. Uh, I just don't know what it. I just, I just don't know. I've watched every goddamn WrestleMania. It's 36 of them, and they're all fine. But <laughs> this one's gonna be weird. Uh, so wait, the they're, they're still doing it, but there's no crowd. They're doing it at their uh, performance center in, in the Tampa bedroom. Bay, Florida, in an and they're basically their their workout gym. <laughs> oh, that's man. gonna be so weird. I'll show you what the setup was for. They I, I saw a clip I'll link of, in the chat of later, it, but uh, yeah, I don't know it's if it gonna was, look absolutely WrestleMania silly. or just a wrestling event. WrestleMania is it. their Super Bowl. No, wow. no, but I saw a clip of like the Undertaker arriving, and I don't know what that was from, but oh, yeah. it was. It was, I mean, I'm sure you saw it. it was, yep. He looks um, rough. The announcer, <laughs> like, hyping up a completely empty room and silent room, and he That's, just, like, walks yeah. out in silence, and it was kind of incredible. Like, have you there ever seen some... those uh, movie clips which are edited to have no music, and it's, like, yes, awkward yeah. and bizarre? I feel like it it's going to be like that. Dude. I'll make like, you some <laughs> fucking quiet promos. They're so awkward. Yeah. It's like the the Star Wars video of Star Wars without John Williams, and it's the big award ceremony, yeah. and it's just silent. <laughs> Someone coughs in the background. Be, I might watch it. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be fucking that's, strange. That's, that's one of the fun, entertaining benefits of all this virus yeah, stuff is like, things are, like, the, the Sony presentation today, he's, like, standing in front of, like, this weird, like, 
four people audience yeah dude and it's so it's got such a weird vibe to it and i i, am mm, all I, I thought it. it was a picture at first but it was moving i know yeah, yeah. we want <laughs> people almost like it was pe- green we want other people in. besides mark in here but we don't want them we don't want a crowd covid <laughs> yeah but those guys were not all one meter apart they were sitting pretty close to each other yeah <sighs> there were no coughs though so i think they're all safe yeah, I should put a thermal vision on so we can make sure that, you know, no temperature. They were probably all interns anyway, so it doesn't matter if they get if they get it. True. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well. Um, boy. Games. What a time, what a time. <laughs> you what guys been playing any freaking games? Games are almost out tomorrow. A couple games days. Games are yeah. almost back. The games yeah. are almost back. And then it sounds like they're going to be gone for, for a long yeah. time, maybe. Oh, oh boy. Well. I will fucking maybe. die, dude. It'll be interesting. If, uh, get get Animal the, Crossing, uh, guys. That's not a game. Yeah, that's a wallpaper. But it's nicer than this. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It's nicer than our real world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very true. Animal Crossing is going to sell millions. I'm going to use oh, yeah. it to millions. escape, and it's going to be nice. I'm honestly, con- I I am honestly considering getting it. Oh, it yeah. just sounds sort of appealing right Looks now. It's just cute enough for now. I look forward to yeah, the it, next podcast because I watched the entire direct. Uh, yeah. Talked to my sister because she's a huge Animal Crossing fan. She has bought a Switch just for believe. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Wow. And she was around with the film night and I was just saying, what do you do? And she, her answer was, you just be. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was her answer. That's you what I'm hearing. You just be. That's what I'm like, hearing. Yeah. fucking hippie. You know, that, that doesn't mean? sound like the worst doesn't it? It's it's all fun and games though in in Animal Crossing until like the guy comes to collect your fucking taxes. Yeah. And you're like, oh. It's too real. It's too real for me. Yeah. But I mean, if it's like I gotta go fishing, then that's sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I'll go sick. fish for I'll go fish to pay my mortgage. Like, I don't want to go to work to pay my mortgage. <laughs> you might in real have life. to in six months at this rate with how things are going. Yeah, that's Damn. what I'm yeah. I might, yeah, we might both be fishermen in six months. Um, I also look forward to the next podcast because I have no fucking idea what the things are going to look like in a month. Mm, yeah. true. Uh, true, true. Wh- I wasn't sure <laughs> we were going to talk a, about it once this podcast, but it's going to be an interesting place. Whatever, wherever we're at in a month mm. should be. Uh, yeah, to, to date it, it's the 18th of March today. Yes, which will yeah. just just for the records. And like eight days ago, it seemed like nothing was changing. And then like in a period of like five days in the last week, everything was just like the world just hit the shit got real gif. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but that's okay. Video games are here sort of, except they're not because the only ones we're going to talk about are old ones. More people basically. have been playing them now, probably more than ever. So probably they're yeah. here and they're fucking useful, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. What I, have you like guys the, been uh, I think the, the COD servers went down yesterday because they were so busy. Yeah. Like the Call Lone, of Duty. The Lone War servers. Zone is the queue for Lone War Zone is a problem. PSN, uh, Xbox, and the Nintendo servers all had interruptions over the last couple days. Yeah. Uh, kind of amazing. Probably see some patches for like probably see some PSN updates and stuff soon too. Just to God, I hope not. It's gonna take like four hours. That's not worry about fucking thing. <laughs> God. Oh, so <laughs> shitty. Do you guys want to talk about um, Warzone? Yeah, talk yeah, about sure, Warzone. Yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, let's... Yeah, yeah. sick. Um, how do you guys... Have you guys been playing much of it? 
Um, I don't know. I know, Jameson, know. we've just been playing, but I don't know what you guys do behind closed doors. Well, that's just, that's not playing. That's that's video. In the privacy of your recording studios. We, uh, yeah, we've been dabbling in plunder for mm, is... recording purposes. Uh, and I, <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> I kind of like yeah. plunder. It's, it's really weird. And, like, I don't understand the motivation to really try to accomplish anything in the mode because there's not even a scoreboard. And yeah. it doesn't even tell you where you came on, you know, the... Uh, yeah. How, like what position your team came overall like, yeah. from second or third and how far away Plunder. were we from first place it's so weird but I kind of like so it weird. does it get it probably yeah. gets a little giggly when like you know a guy killed you and like and you know a guy has like 12 grand or like 100 grand or some shit and you're like I have to drop right now to kill him and it probably gets a little bit fun in that way does it maybe well we haven't really been taking it very seriously we really oh, been playing it yeah. <laughs> okay, something... Plunder is just there's something yeah, really unique just... about being in a battle royale setting. Yeah, uh, it emulates battle royale, but it's not. There's no stakes, and you can yeah. just commit to shenanigans and messing with people. Me and Jameson mostly just RPG teams and squish oh people God. in trucks, and it's that sounds amazing. It's this weird, like, free space of expression. <laughs> for Hell battle yeah! Royale. It's like a fun. It is fantastic mode, for video recording. It's, it's a good canvas, for yeah. Our purposes. But man, that mode is like seriously fucking underbaked. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking shipping it. It's it's uh, it, odd. It's it is absolutely bizarre. I like the concept. Um, if it was better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like a big map. It's very strange. I like the idea of it being like a ground war playground. But uh, I mean, you can yeah. just kill yourself and parachute on top of a whole team without them being able to do anything about it over and yeah. over again. Uh, it doesn't tell you. And how much the money only the two team places, has. yeah, the only two places, three places to deposit the money are marked on the map and surrounded by tall buildings. So everyone just camps them with snipers mm-hmm. and griefs everyone else. There's no way to tell where you are on the scoreboard, how close the game is to ending, how much, how the enemy teams are doing. When the game ends, it's like, yeah, how did we do? I have no idea. It literally doesn't say. <laughs> it just, it just, just like says, here's how much money you made. Or something. Yeah, and it's like, okay, and the matches are 30 minutes long because no one knows how to play the mode, um, and yeah, you just respawn third, like, and parachute in on an RPG and a truck through the trees and get a double kill and laugh, and then yeah. uh, get back to myth busting. Hell yeah. Um, anyway, you guys talk about the, the, the real mode. Yeah, I, I've not played much. I know it's Ben's, Ben's played most of it, so. Yeah, um, a decent amount, I guess. Playing it on uh, PC and PlayStation 4. I'm trying to get good at it on PlayStation 4, and I think I found the good... Uh, I got the sensitivity porridge just right. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm having a great time with it. I'm having a really uh, really fun time with it. It feels like... like I, I, said this in, I said this in with you, Jameson, and Andy, mm. um, about it being the best version of what PUBG could have been. Like, as far as... Yeah. Uh, I think of it uh, as far as gameplay goes, but I know like the, there's a slower, different PUBG's just a different yeah. game, but it's never going to be the best version of it. It almost feels like the best of version of what H1Z1. Yeah, I do get a H1Z1 vibe too off of off mm. of Warzone for sure. Mainly just because like, and my only reference to that is mainly because you can hop in a vehicle and accelerate instantly, and then drive at like 300 kilometers an hour into a wall and jump out of the vehicle at full speed, and you don't take any damage, yeah, which is god tier game design which is great yeah 
Um, yeah. But yeah, and like even coming down in like the shoot and some of the stuff, just the way that like the way the fog kind of comes in, it does remind me of that H1, H1, uh, Z1, uh, or Z1 or whatever the heck it is, uh, map and just the way it looked. So yeah, that's a, yeah. that's probably a fair comparison for sure because it's a faster yeah, pace. Think, the loot's faster. Yeah, that's a better, way better. Comparison. You you would you sort of like green smoke in your fantasy want PUBG to be like that. Of course, it, it was never ever interested in being that. But like, yeah, I mean PUBG would be hilarious if you could just hop in a UAZ and floor it and jump out at full speed. It would mm-hmm. be very entertaining, but it'd be such a different game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's I I've only played two sessions. Uh, but it's or three but it's it's pretty enjoyable Mm -hmm. i think it's it's very low stakes um nothing really matters the sound design is terrible which Mm -hmm. is fine because nothing matters you just call in your fucking super kitted out very broken overpowered kill um loadout Mm -hmm. and uh just full send it at people with rpgs (laughs) and get lots of kills and then fucking die and you're like okay that was stupid yeah i'll do that again (laughs) yeah um yeah, I've been. I had. A, I've had a decent time with it. I like the money. I like the gulag. Like I like it all. Yeah, it's good. It seems like they, a, they made... uh, a perfectly adequate version of Call of Duty and Battle Royale mixed. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I didn't play Blackout obviously because I don't like Battle Royale. But even watching some of that, there, I could see a couple of things, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure mm. about that. But every time I watch Warzone, it just looks like. People are playing Call of Duty, sometimes ground war. It just, you know, yeah. that yeah, hybrid sure. is there. It, look, it looks like the Call of Duty Battle Royale experience. It's good. It, it strikes the more arcadey balance better than Blackout did, for sure, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. But, it, yeah, it, it's, I, I, I don't know how long-lasting it's going to be. Great point. Um, but it's Call of Duty, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think right? we were talking about that the other day, where it's like, oh, well, what yeah. about in six months? It's like, well, what does it, what does it matter? You know, Black Ops Five is out in you know how many months, and then that will have a battle royale. I think that is kind of a nice part of the cycle. You don't have to worry so much about being the best at Warzone and I'm worrying about every update and the damage values because people will yeah. probably move on. And you know, you don't have to. You can keep playing Warzone for four years if you want to. But I think that cycle is really going to keep it fresh. I think, you know, the problem with... Well, I don't play these games enough to really speak about the problems, but I feel like, uh, you know, PUBG, Fortnite, Apex, there is just only so much that most people can replay something over and over and over again when it's, you know, one map doing the same thing. Uh, Even Mm. if Fortnite introduces a thousand more items to keep things varied, I think over time you will see a natural decline. Uh, it will obviously always maintain a hardcore fan base, but I think Call of Duty has this nice little novel approach where you get a new BR every twelve months. I assume, anyway. I assume that's yeah. Well, who knows? It's it's hard to say if they will. Yeah, and the more uh, they do it, the more they're going to figure out their balance and the way to make it feel like the Call of Duty people like. And you know, if you really like uh, Blackout or Warzone, you can be one of the people who sticks with it. Uh, mm, and if you yeah. don't like it. Then who cares? Twelve months, you get oh, another yeah. try at enjoying a Call of Duty BR. Probably, yeah. It, it though it is them making it free makes me think like maybe they'll they'll try and stick with it longer. You know? Yeah, but that's gonna knows? be interesting. It, yeah, Call of Duty is always uh, strange for sure, yeah. especially the fact that they just kill itself every year. You know, they kill the prior <laughs> version every yeah. year. 
it, it's so weird. Um, it is so bizarre. But, but every year, it's also the most, the highest selling game every year for yeah. the last twelve years. So it's like, oh, their strategy works. Um, I, I, yeah, that those those rumors about like what three fucking Call of Duty games coming out in the next year and yeah. a half is just exhausting. It's like, just weird that they picked Modern this... Warfare Two Remastered and yeah. Black Ops Five this fall is like really. It's like, weird that they're picking now to start putting out like three a year, like all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I think I think because like they need to, right? Because like they cut Destiny loose oh, yeah. a year and a bit Gross. ago. <laughs> Gross. And they're like, well, we got to keep making cash, so let's just Call of Duty makes cash and it's easy to make because we can just reuse the same fucking everything every year except paint it a slightly different shade of gray. It's got to be like the sells. biggest year for Call of Duty. We tinted the light source a just a bit again in a slightly different way <laughs> so we can just reuse yeah. everything. Yeah, this, this, yeah, the Infinite Warfare or Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. <laughs> Modern Damn. Warfare. 2019 is definitely the biggest COD has been probably this whole generation, I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they kind of they didn't lose it. They were always, you know, they were like Ubisoft. They were consistently yeah, was, on the top of the charts, but they they yeah. lost their like king status. I yes. think after probably like I don't know Black Ops Three or who knows. Yeah, it's kind of been this track. whole generation, honestly. Like because Ghosts was a disaster, and then Advanced Warfare I liked, but I'm in a very small minority that liked Advanced Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinite Warfare, everyone hated. Black Ops Three, I'm never, I've never been quite a hundred percent sure how people feel about it, but I think it was sort of mixed. It was yeah, Black it Ops was, Four it, as well. It like, was mixed, eh. but a, like a lot of people bought that game. A mm-hmm. lot of people yeah. Well, again, game. every one of the CODs this generation has been the best selling of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. I just <laughs> felt like a lot. And of people World were War Two, I feel like came and went in like a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. Again, though, highest selling game of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one definitely, this is the longest Call of Duty has lasted since probably like Black Ops 2, I feel like, you know? like mm. It's almost April and we're still talking about it and everyone is still playing it. So yeah. They've done well. It was a smart and, move and, to bring out the BR yeah. like six months into its life cycle and inject yeah. some oh, more definitely. momentum. It's clever. It was the perfect time for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's incentivized me to spend zero dollars more on the game. <laughs> so, uh, it's been great. Well, you, yeah. uh, there will be someone else out there that has balanced that out somehow. Yep. There's actually nothing you can buy to be better at Warzone, so it's like great. <laughs> no, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. For now. For, for now. now. For now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could like the uh, the dismemberment gun. You could bring into the BR. Maybe you know. Does that help? They'll probably. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they add a gun soon enough that is, you know, a little bit stronger than it should be, and it's only paid for. Mm. I mean, that's how they go with every Call of Duty, basically. So yeah, we'll see. What else you fools been playing? Do you want to go first, Jameson, or shall I go first? I don't know. I'll <laughs> go first. Like- <laughs> I feel like Ben should. I don't. I don't know. I'll crank. Ben, do you have I'll anything? Cr- else? Let me crank mine out. Oh sure, man. Oh, Sorry, please I thought do. it was just Warzone. Uh, Sarah and I just finished episode four of The Wolf Among Us. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, nice. Last night. Uh, I like that you played it together. Episodes. That's cute. Well, she like I was I kind of mentioned it to her. I was like, listen, I'm like because I've been just I've been playing like Uncharted and The Last of Us a little bit, which like I'm not gonna dedicate a lot of time to talking about. Just been chipping away at a replay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh. I kind of mentioned to her, I was like, I'm, I started playing, because I picked it up one night on a PSN sale, I was uh, feeling uh, pretty good, so I picked up 
uh, on sale game, six bucks, <laughs> and it was the whole all five episodes, which is nice. Um, and I just started it, and damn, like I might have mentioned it last podcast, but it looks really, really nice on PS4 Pro and on the big screen. Mm. So um, it's got a good art style. Was it does have a good art style, and the animation just runs really smooth, and like it runs really, really well, and. And so I kind of mentioned, I was like, listen, I'm playing this game where you just make narrative decision choices and it's impacted by what you decide, like the story is impacted based on what you choose and all this. And if you ever want to watch it, like I'm taking my PlayStation up to the living room and I'm playing it up there. And so she was like, cool. So anyway, one night I'm playing it and she she, like a decision prompt comes up and she says one out loud. And so I go with it. And then the Mm. next time around, she says another one. And so I go with it again. So next thing I know, here we are, she picked up like just at the start episode two which kind of sucks because there's a lot of juice <laughs> episode one, one. On quite a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah a lot of fucking juice episode one so i like i feel yeah. like i'm gonna have to go back and replay it just so she can understand the breadth of like everything else that's <laughs> happened since mm-hmm. um but looking forward to starting i think we're gonna do episode five tonight and finish it up but it's been it's been fun nice. i liked it yeah i, I like yeah. his world i only ever i only ever played the first episode i might have played the second episode but it I don't know if I did. It goes in remember... places, and it gets friggin' good. Like, the performances are nuts. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Um, I finished it. Uh, I, I thought it was good. I remember the thing that just killed it for me was what the thing that killed most Telltale games is a combination of it was, you know, the 17th Telltale game at the time, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, and the episodes were coming out, like, once every five or six months, you know, or four months or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was just hard to keep up with. Uh, to remember or keep motivated, but for sure, it's good. I, people definitely love that game. Is uh, it just a, a it second season like, coming out? Yeah, they're been talking, talking about, about it for a long it. time. Yeah, okay. In this like weird reformed Telltale that sort of exists now, I, I don't know for sure. I uh, I definitely remember it looking like the most appealing Telltale game to me at the time it came out. Like it definitely looked like the most interesting, like the story, like this that style, yeah. the Telltale game. Like it just. It looked like the most, uh, the most. Appealing. It's one of the more inter- definitely the most interesting of the uh, IPs that they've licensed. Yeah, man. Like the co- Minecraft, okay, no thanks. Yeah, uh, you know, Borderlands on paper, no thanks. But I'm considering. I'm actually considering because you guys loved it. Please. You guys loved it. Oh god, play it. Tales is very fun. It's and so, so I'm considering. Good. It. Yeah, like I don't know. I told Sarah I was like, there's other versions of these games and other properties. Like there's a really good Batman one too. Um, yeah, I've heard the Batman one's yeah. very, very that, strong. That's and the I like last part I need to visit. That they did for the Telltale Batman game. Maybe I'll just go in down that one blind. Oh, but dude, the, the, Borderlands. the Borderlands one for sure. Um, I want to come around. I, I'm just... I think I stayed away for about a year just because the yeah, Borderlands yeah, IP is a snooze fest. Uh, yeah. But man, how much good. lore do you got to know though? Because I'm worried if I try and none, none, none. brilliant. No, it's brilliant, just brilliant, a setting. Great. It's mostly just all new characters. Like, there's a couple that you'll recognize. You know, like Scooter is there. Oh yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, periphery but, characters. Like, no, it, it's a pretty straightforward story cool that's a great it's uh, very funny that's a great <laughs> it's third very game. silly oh it's so good uh, I want it, Sarah it, it really puts to shame the quality of writing in the other borderlands games that's so freaking funny <laughs> it does yeah it's really unbelievable Let's like see. it's it's crazy how much better written it is than the other borderlands games uh very yeah. stupid sense of humor but like in a good way not in the uh, obnoxious way yeah not in the borderlands way <laughs> let's yeah. say I'm uh what about what about the like nine seasons of The Walking Dead? No, man, I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> maybe 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 I don't know. I'm I'm not shutting myself off to these this type of game anymore. Season 1 I you know, I mean season 1 was obviously 
a big deal and was very good for the time. Yeah, because uh, it was unique was, and uh, yeah, they did it and well. It was their first, first, basically foray into yeah. the format of their that they would then milk to death. Yeah, I wonder uh, if that first episode. I wonder if Walking Dead season one episode one is going to feel super dated now because I remember playing it then and I'm thinking about some of the like the quick time events that anyway i'll give it a go we'll figure it out yeah i mean i don't think telltale really changed much about any of their format after the first walking Dead. <laughs> yeah you know? no probably the only benefit is now you can run it at 60 frames per second instead of like the horrible performance that happened on the 360 that's about the only difference i feel like but i haven't played really any of their games since then so yeah i'm not entirely sure um one more thing about wolf among us though i will say i'm still coming in up the fifth episode i'm still in the dark still some stuff trying to figure out Hmm. and it's been fun uh it's been fun at some moments feeling like there's a gun to your head and you got to make really quick decisions a couple of good cliffhangers in some of the episodes they build those episodes really it gets well paid i don't know i'm really really surprised by it but anyway They, they were they were they were good at the structure and that format they just did too much too soon, I think. Yeah. And sound and poorly managed as well. It sounded like, which is a shame. But that's been it for me. Oh, okay. Well, pretty slack. Joe, are you there? Yeah. Sorry, my uh, sound fucked up. I was okay. trying to trying to fix it without you guys noticing, but I don't think I accomplished. Just making that. sure. Just making sure. You're okay, baby. Okay. <clears throat> Back. I think. Um, I don't know, Joe. You go ahead. Fuck it. I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go through some things pretty quickly because boy did i play some niche shit (laughs) yeah i bet during this uh, backlog blitz time um i really wanted to talk about one game but i will be mostly saving it for the next podcast maybe because i didn't finish it and that game is called the council oh oh yeah and when i say niche fucking hell dudes (laughs) This might be the nichest thing I've ever played in my life. Uh, so, I've heard about this game. So yeah. talking about Telltale games, uh, this game is in the same format of Telltale games, like walking around with some minor puzzle solving, uh, dialogue choices which change the direction of the story. But it's like a deeply historical and political game based in an alternate history world in 1793 where you are a detective and you visit an island where your mum has gone missing and you discover that the island is the host of a council uh, full of the most influential and powerful historical figures of the world uh, who convene to make decisions which change the outcourse of uh, the outcome of history. Like Good George God. Washington. Oh, the Illuminati. Basically, yeah. yeah George Washington's in the game. <laughs> Napoleon's in the game. <gasps> Uh, Freemasons. I'm sure every character is a real historical figure. I just am not uh, very educated at, uh, when it comes to history because I'm a dumbass and it was never a subject I was interested in. But I'm only on the third episode out of five, so I'm uh, I don't know how I feel about this game because some of it, some of it sucks, uh, and some of it's kind of kind of good and endearing and interesting in a way which I I, I like. But um, nice. I'm going to wait till I've finished episode five because okay. it's so weird. Um, one thing I do like about the game is it seems that your choices really do have large impacts. I feel like sometimes with Telltale stuff, a lot of choices are a little bit of an illusion, a mirage, where 
it feels like the story kind of plays out the same way, but who lives and who mm. dies is the only thing that really does change. Uh, mm. I, I don't know if that's true for all of them. I just remember, you know, looking into the outcomes of stuff like Until Dawn and The Walking Dead, and you kind of always end Which, up at the same place, but like this character's dead or this character's not. To be fair, probably the smarter way to build these games. Yeah, and it's still, you know, you get attached yeah, they to talk, characters. Yeah. And, you know, it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. But, like, some shit has gone down in uh, the council. Like, I uh, messed up a puzzle near the end of episode three, and my hand got cut off, and now I just don't have a hand on my left side. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's a shame. And I also messed up a uh, encounter with a bad guy, and he shot me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, it's it's really, really dorky. Holy shit, that game is dorky. There was one moment where there's like a 30-minute scene where you're in the council and you're just debating about, like, fucking hell, what was it? It was like a debate about whether Louisiana should switch from being owned by the Spanish to the French. And I was like, what am I fucking... I don't know what's going on. Huh? <laughs> it's so dorky and nerdy. But um, anyway, it's... Hell yeah. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till I uh, conclude the okay. council. Uh, another kind of niche thing I tried was Cube, the puzzle franchise. Oh, yeah. Cube with a Q. Q-U-B-E. Yeah, Cube, yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, right. I, I remember, yeah. I've tried the first one of that. Yeah. I played yeah. both of them. Uh, I don't really have much to say on Cube 1 except for it's uh, it's not very good, Cube 1. It's amateurish. Yeah. Their first attempt at like a portal clone. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't advise playing Cube 1. <laughs> Sorry about the yeah. sniffles. I got the uh, okay. I got the cause light. Uh oh. Uh, the only um, little fun moment of Cube One for me was I. Uh, it had some sort of story. I wasn't listening because you know it's a puzzle game. Who gives a <laughs> shit? I was listening to my YouTube videos and my podcasts. But when I was getting near the end of the game, I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll pause whatever I'm listening to. I'll, I'll see what the hell's going on. And I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Pro ZD's specific. A sketch on when you are a gamer and you skip a bunch of cutscenes and you get to the very end and something's <laughs> yes, happening. Yeah. I had one. <laughs> I had that exact thing uh, happen it, to it, me. It, 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 it. Where I get into a. Uh, one second, guys. One second. Oh. <laughs> test, test, test. Hey. Test, hello. test, test. Okay. So I have um I have voice me to open. I'm just making sure it's not fucking with my audio levels because that would be bad. Anyway, sorry for the interruption. So at the end of Cube 1, uh, there's like an escape pod. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll pause whatever I'm listening to and I'll get in the space pod. Uh, and then I unmute the game and instantly in both of my ears, there is two people screaming at me. Uh, one of them is going, do not leave. Under no circumstances must you leave. <laughs> and in one ear, they're going, you've got to do it. You've got to leave. Everyone's waiting for you on the other side. I'm like, uh, all right, I just, I get in the thing and I explode uh, and suddenly I'm floating in space. Uh, I'm like, I don't know oh. what's going on because I was in a portal-like environment and now I'm floating in space. And I'm like, I, okay, okay. And then in, on some sort of intercom, I get a call and they go, you did it. You've done it. We've got someone who wants to talk to you. It's the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And then the president is in my ear and he goes, you did it, son. You saved everyone. You saved the world. And then it just cuts the credits. And I was like, what the fuck did I miss? What? Jesus Christ. Wow. I was just doing a cube-based puzzle game and now I'm in space and the president is in my ear. Anyway, uh, don't play cube one. But that, <laughs> that was a really bizarre moment, which I quite enjoyed. 
But I will say, uh, I, I quite like doing this. I think we talked about it with SteamWorld Dig in the past. I like going like through a franchise uh, chronologically, even if you know the newest one is objectively the better one. I, I just find it fun to see the progression. And I happen to have both cubes in my Steam library from God knows where I had them. Yeah. Uh, wow, the jump from cube one to cube two is I- incredibly substantial. Uh, cube yeah. two is really good. Uh, I actually nice. highly recommend Cube 2 for anyone who is thirsting for a bit of puzzle solving. It's a really solid puzzle game. It's got great uh, yeah. puzzle design, great pacing. I think the difficulty curve is really nice as well. I find that some of these um, indie-ish portal clones, uh, they just get so fucking obnoxiously hard near the end. It goes yeah. from like a 2 out of 10 to a 6 out of 10 to like a 10 out of 10. I remember like the end of the Talos principle took me hours because it's just oh, yeah. so, so difficult to figure out. Uh, the and graphics Cube, difference is nice. Yeah. Cube 2 is not like that. It like steadily goes to like a 7 out of 10 difficulty and it kind of just sits at 7 out of 10 for the whole game. Uh, nice. When it was the last puzzle in the entire game, I didn't really even realize it was the last puzzle because I wouldn't really say it was more difficult than the rest of the game, but it was an extremely comfy puzzle game with great production values uh, fun little physics gimmicks. I was a bit worried with the Cube series that it was going to be, you know, whenever there's boxes, I'm like, oh God, am I going to be like doing the Barbara's You thing where I push a box into a corner and I'm like, oh shit, it's stuck. You know what I mean? Like that type of yeah. puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It was more along the lines of Portal where you're using these cubes to, you know, jump on them as they get flung around and they're, they're part of like sometimes momentum and physics-based puzzles, sometimes just, you know, logic puzzles. But it's good. Cube 2 is good. Cube 1, cube one, not so much, but you know. Interesting. Yeah, the, the puzzle genre is a bit desolate nowadays. Uh, people don't really seem to make them very yeah. often. Or I'm just not in the know. I don't know. But, um... I don't know. I, I, I think we keep our ear to the ground pretty okay yeah. for that stuff, you know? I mean, we found Manifold Garden, and I feel like you and I are the only people on Earth that have ever even heard of that yeah. video game. <laughs> I mean, Manifold uh, Garden is a cube game, if you think about it. That is the main... Well, not the main, but, you know, it's a big part of the puzzle solving. And I would say cube is similar. It uses cubes, yeah. but it doesn't, you know, get you stuck up on how to push them around or that sort of nonsense, which is not really for me. But the, you, you mentioning difficulty also reminded me of the fact that, like, yeah, puzzle games have it hard because Portal 2 exists. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is, like, so thoroughly playtested and built for this perfect curve of, like... Every level ramping up is like, how the fuck do I beat this? I have no idea mm-hmm. what I'm... <gasps> I got it. And then you beat it. And it's like, every, they manage that for every single level of that game. It's unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think... Uh, and yeah, sort of, it makes all other puzzle games kind of tough yeah. to play sometimes. I feel like another thing that puzzle games can do pretty poorly is sometimes you can go into a room and you're just like overwhelmed with the amount of shit. And yeah. it doesn't give you any yeah, indication yeah. of where to start. You're like, I don't know how any of this connects to one another. Like, where do I... And Cube has, like, these really busy rooms, but it does a really good job of, like, having a snowball puzzle where it's obvious where you start, and then when you solve that part, mm. you know where the second part of the puzzle is, and it's a, it's a very satisfying puzzle game. So if anyone's got a thirst nice. for the genre, uh, I would recommend putting that on, like, the Steam wish list, and maybe, you know... I have done just that. It's, it's oh. a good one. It's a good portal client. 50% off right now on Steam. Ooh, 50 I think I think so. What a steal of a deal! 
I, I know, right? Yeah, I I enjoyed it being my morning <laughs> coffee game, which the council was as well. Mm, yeah. Wake up with a nice hot brew and just solve some puzzles for an hour or so. Oh. Uh, yeah, 50% off. The next thing I want to talk about uh, is I went back to GTA Online for quite a while. Yes, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. I forgot you did that. Uh, I haven't played GTA Online since we did the heists, uh, which I assume... The first heists, which I assume is now like four to five years ago, maybe four years ago. I can't remember when the heist first came out, but I was definitely on con. No, I was on computer. I think it was. We we were on PS4. We did the heist. Oh jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably at university. they launched in early 2014, I believe. Yeah. Or 20 no early 2015. So I it's think. been probably on this wait of yeah. five years since I played GTA Online. Uh, and I tried everything in GTA Online. I went into the, you know, the typical free roam. I checked out the casino. I checked out the new CEO missions. I looked at the new races, which there are like stunt races. There's transformation races. There's a robot arena where you're, you know, robot wars. If you guys had that in Canada where you're, or battle bots. I yeah. think there's an equivalent. You're smashing into each other with cars. And... The parts, the individual parts of GTA Online are actually pretty fun, but the format of GTA Online is what is most confusing, disconnected, and weird to me. Like, GTA Online must be very busy. It must be. It's like one of the best-selling games of all time. But GTA Online, it feels dead all the time. Maps too big, baby. It is too big. Well, I think it's only 16 players in a map as well, right? I believe so. Way like too big. Every free yeah. roam session was between 15 to 25 people. I might be just making up the 25 because that's just from my memory. No, I think it's like th- I think it's like a 30. I think you're right there. Maybe it is 32, yeah. Yeah, I think sure. it's a 32. I think you're closer, but it it's would definitely like feel the, like 16. Yeah, it's like the biggest battle royale of all time with the least amount of players. <laughs> and the yeah. free roam And that's is just free the, roam. The free roam is basically the core of the game. Uh, you know, yeah. when it comes to making money, you can buy cars, which obviously can be used in the races. But apart from that, if you're, you know, interested in your fashion or your buildings or the more over-the-top um, vehicles, the flying ones, the tanks, you can't use those in the races. So I just don't understand how people are so compelled to play the game when it just doesn't feel like there's yeah. anyone fucking there. <laughs> Like I played probably like 20 hours of online and I went to the casino all the time because I, I thought it was a fun gimmick and I was actually quite good at making money in the horse races. And I bumped into yeah. one person ever in the casino wow. and they were just AFK standing there. It's, it just feels so alone and empty. And as, as technology has progressed, I don't feel like their server capacity has ever, which seems like such a bizarre thing to not, you know, take advantage of as, as, as the world gets... Uh, better at you know chucking a hundred people onto a map. Why why wouldn't you mm-hmm. update? Got to keep the 360 version up to date. Yeah, yeah, but even that has PUBG. Actually, no, I don't think it's on a 360. The 360 does not have <laughs> no, PUBG. Doesn't. Are you kidding? It <laughs> barely runs know. on my super powered computer. <laughs> and there's yeah. also when it comes to the um, the like DLC additions they've done, which I think are all really <laughs> strong. I, I really like the stunt races, the transformation Sarah, races, the, the really door, fun bud. gimmicks. Can you close but the door? <laughs> if you jump into them, you're just playing the Rockstar <laughs> maps, which are, there's like 10 yeah. to 15 of them, and you're just stuck in those. And if you want to play custom maps, which there are hundreds of, and they're like the more exciting, obviously, because the community is weird and wacky, 
Unless I was missing it, I couldn't see any way to queue up with strangers in those custom maps. I even had some people in it's my so chat. It's so hard, dude. I had some people in my chat who played like hundreds of hours and they're like, I think you go to this menu and click on this. And there was nothing there. Like, It's always good when someone who has played hundreds of hours of a video game says, well, I think you do this to get in here. Yeah. I don't really know. And basically GTA Online is you play with a bunch of friends or a community or not at all, really. You can't like solo yeah. with strangers. And it just seems like the perfect game to, you know, fuck around with strangers. Meet people, yeah. talk, interact, blow them up, troll them. It just, yeah. it's so bizarre how empty that world is and how unseamless it is and i know you know the base of the game came out in 2013 yeah but i yeah. mean if you want to especially when there's just so much to do like it's just so inaccessible yeah and having everybody yeah like there's just so much so many and there's so many fun natural things you could do in that like you could imagine three random people pulling up to the golf course yeah. and doing a random golf but there's just not enough population like per per session to have that naturally occur and maybe There's i'm just, just no way. Uh, spoiled by how the multiplayer genre has changed and evolved and like emergent uh yeah. you know game moments with strangers has become more prevalent in battle royales and these weird hybrids yeah. of uh, escape from tarkov and sea of thieves and mm -hmm. you know gta online was 2013 i just feel like it would have been yeah. nice for them to at least try and make this proof of concept work by maybe trying to update the architecture of the whole thing as technology has gone on and from what I can see, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online is the same thing, where it's just this quiet, small lobby of, like, 20 people and yeah. this giant fucking map where you never really bump into anyone. And when you do, there's, like, nothing to do. I remember when me and you, Jameson, played RDR2 Online, and I met yeah. this guy, and <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he didn't seem like he wanted to be aggressive or troll, but there was nothing for us to do. We, like, our horses were next to each other, and he just kind of looked at me, and then... He just lassoed me because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, like the single player is more interactive because yeah. you can say hello, you know, or antagonize. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't give a shit about GTA Online. It was just weird to jump in and, uh, you know, I've been on the sidelines and been seeing them post all these DLCs and updates and updates yeah. and updates. And For the entire generation yeah. now. And <laughs> just to years. see that they're it's not crazy. really working on the core structure when it's one of the most profitable and popular games of all time. Like, why have they not yeah. just upped it to, like, 100 people on a map? That would still be too yeah. little, Because they the don't need to, I guess. Like, that's the thing. It's like, they've it, people keep buying it and playing it for some mm -hmm. reason. And it's like, well, why should we do difficult things like colossal infrastructure changes to the way the, multi, the, you know, the, way the core free roam works? It's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. Everyone's playing this for some goddamn reason. This online is a weird disaster but people seem to love it we've sold 120 million copies just keep coasting yeah. i guess like i was doing these me. um ceo missions where you yeah. like buy a bunch of crates and you have to the aim of the mission is to get the crate and then just get it back to the warehouse uh and mm -hmm. the the tension is supposed to be that other players can come and they they take your shit and it costs in-game <gasps> money so you'll lose your investment uh they take your stuff um but no one did <laughs> No one. There was like a bunch of people on the map. Uh, there was one guy who was pretty close to me as well, and he just drove. Oh, no. He just drove past. Like no one gave a shit. He was doing his own thing, yeah. and so I was doing these CEO missions. And what they were was drive, and then drive back, and then drive, and then drive back, <laughs> and that was it. Because there's no interaction with the other players. They didn't want my stuff. And, it, huh. and then one time I stole someone's. Uh, I think they were doing like a car CEO thing. I stole their car. 
and then I delivered it and I didn't get money because I wasn't a CEO. So I was like, well, well, if you're not going to make an incentive for people to interact, then why would you expect people to interact? It's just a fetch quest at that point. It's so it's you're such right. a yeah, weird that's... structured thing. And there's so much potential because when it clicks and you're like racing with all these other people and you're like smashing into each other, it's really good. Yeah. It's just such a waste. Like this, it could be something so amazing. And uh, I hope they get there for, you know, GTA 5, uh, 6 in 2030 or whenever it comes out. But yeah, uh, I mean, after Red Dead 2 online, I'm just a little bit nervous that they don't really know how to make it flow. Mm-hmm. As you've been talking, I've been thinking to myself, you know what? I don't know that Rockstar is actually good at game design. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, their single players are also kind of terrible in a way, you know, where it's like you have to play it exactly mm-hmm. the way they tell you. And if you stray a foot off course, the whole mission restarts. And it's like none of it's progressed at all because they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, Red Dead's big thing was, like, you can say hello or antagonize you know you can be positive or negative to every npc and but that's just that's not really it it is a gameplay thing but it's like such a a passive sort of you know you just pull in the trigger and it's just dialogue primarily uh and and there's also i mean there's a lot of like sort of immersive emergent stuff in red dead that you can do and that is all game design but like the core of it is just like it's exactly it plays exactly like GTA 5 or exactly like Red Dead 1 mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Uh and yeah, I wonder maybe they're not the best at world design at game design, but it doesn't matter because everyone buys their games. Yeah, they're yeah. good at world design uh, and sandbox design and everything else is a, Yeah. A bit. I also think dividing the team into two online, like having people having to work on RDR2 online and GTA 5 online must not be great as far as workload goes when it'd be much more efficient to just have the team work on one game instead of trying to balance yeah both. i wonder i wonder what it's like like Mind you, they also like, have like gta know, 5 would have been the more viable one to keep like to, to pump a little bit more money into instead of doing multiplayer in rdr2 mm-hmm. or but i don't know <laughs> then again i, I people would probably be pissed if rdr2 didn't have multiplayer or some shit so oh definitely yeah. but, there were definitely people that like that that rdr1 multiplayer for whatever reason <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of potential in GTA Online. It just doesn't. It just. It isn't taped together well. It doesn't flow well. It's, it's like it's just not open enough. It's not busy enough. It's just strange. It's a strange hmm. thing. Um, I still love GTA. I, I when it comes together, and what, it feels like Mario Maker Two Online, where when it all comes together, yeah. it's magical, and you're like, wow, this is great. And it just doesn't happen very often, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, let's see uh, for number six, eh? Whenever that comes around. It will be very interesting to see what GTA 6, just in general, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, campaign, who the hell knows, with Dan Hauser not there anymore. And then, yeah, what is the online uh, after probably a decade of GTA 5 being the biggest game of all time? Uh, it just needs, like, busier almost, servers, uh, so it feels like there's people there. Yeah. And it'd be great if, I, I think I even talked about this in 2013... I remember this one point. Yeah, I remember. Where I said I it would be fun say. if some of the races took place within the actual, you know, free roam world. So you could be running around and you could see a racetrack with people in it. And mm-hmm. maybe they could, yeah. you know, they could make it so people can't shoot rockets into it or interact. But if you could at least just pull up to the sideline and watch, that would make the world feel really... bet on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would make mm-hmm. the world feel really busy and alive. And maybe you could have somewhere yeah. the public could, like, shoot in and be a pest. That would be kind of fun. But anyway... You know, we'll see. We'll see. 
you would hope they would figure out how to innovate um, for the next game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if GTA 6's online was exactly the same as 5, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not either. I think uh, I'd be more surprised if it changed. <laughs> yeah, if they made like radical and exciting changes to it. after. Yeah, They don't seem to change yeah. their games. They just update them with the times, like tech-wise. Yeah, and build a new map. Yeah. <laughs> and tell a new story. But we're... Yeah, yeah. We're seeing um one thing i want to quickly talk about is i started a replay of shadow of the colossus and i just want to say i still think that game is fucking amazing uh oh my god i love shadow of the colossus so much so (laughs) so much that game is so cool uh the the camera and the controls have not got better over time Uh, but i still think the the awe-inspiring moments are just there's just nothing like it for me I just think fighting those big boys is just insane. I love, I love that game. I can see it being something I revisit like every couple of years. Uh, I didn't think nice. when I played that game back in 2017, Sure. I didn't think 16, I was going to be one of those boys, one of the shadow fanboys, but I think I might be. They got <laughs> they, you. They got me. Whatever is like the it factor that connects with people, I, I get it. It's that mm. scary scope. It's that big scary scope and you yeah. wheeling up and you're like, and when I I, gotta, yeah. it's just me and I got to beat that thing up. I was streaming it last night and there were multiple multiple people who were very similar to Jameson who were like, I don't get it. I played it and it just didn't connect to me and I think it's overrated. So I don't know what that... It's because it plays like dog it, shit. <laughs> yeah, it does play a bit shitty, yes. Especially the, the I, camera. I appreciated like the, the audio visual presentation mm-hmm. of it. Um I love the music yeah. and I love the designs of things, but I mean, just the act of playing that game was so horrendous. Uh, I, I only yeah. killed two of them, I think. There's Three, there's, there's magic there, and I think if you can connect with the magic, you push through like the shitty camera. I don't actually find the movement that yeah. bad. It's just the camera for me. I find the camera annoying. Oof. I don't know why yeah. they have a fixed camera and allow you to move it, but it's still trying to fix itself back to where it was. Like, I don't want to fight mm. with a camera. Like, allow it to be fixed or not fixed. The, the weird hybrid yeah. they do is so bizarre. But anyway, just a, just a little point. I just want to say Shadow of the Crosses is to the best. Uh, I've left one game for last because I believe it will blend into something Jameson's been playing, and that is Black Mesa, the Half-Life oh, 1 right, yeah. remake. Well, I wasn't even going to talk about Half-Life. You don't have to talk about Half-Life. No, I'll mention it quickly. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Black Mesa is, is pretty good. I didn't expect to yeah. like it as much as I did. There is some problems. Um, first of all, the positives. I've played Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2. That is my experience with Half-Life. And Black Mesa, I am going to talk about Black Mesa as if it is an accurate representation of Half-Life 1. I did my best to do some research, and it does look like it's pretty close. I think I think yeah. you said there's some extra weapons, but I, you know... People, Maybe like one or two, but like... Mm. That's it's such minor. a fan project yeah. that I am going to assume that they stayed loyal to the source material. And so I'm going to talk about it as if have, it is yeah. Half-Life 1. Uh, it's I really like Black Mesa, a.k.a. Half-Life 1. It has a really goofy, silly tone in comparison to Half-Life. I've just started Half-Life. I'm a couple hours in, uh, Half-Life 2, which I'm a couple mm. hours in. And I already think Half-Life 2 is probably a better game pacing-wise, world-building-wise. But there's a really like nasty, dystopian, like police state brutality tone yeah. to Half-Life 2, which is kind of miserable. seven-hour war happened. Yeah, it's really miserable, Half-Life 2, in a way that I like. I like miserable yeah, tones. But Black Mesa, Black Mesa is goofy and funny. Uh, and mm. there's just dumb moments where a character will, will be like, 
All right, dude, have fun. And he shut a door just as you see like a big enemy coming up behind him. And then you hear, wow, as he's getting his face punched <laughs> in and then his arms will fly out of the vents in a gory fashion. And this game's fucking hilarious, man. Uh, but The 90s were a weird time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what I like about Half-Life is how it's so... Uh, it never disconnects from the gameplay. There's no cutscenes. There's no fade yeah. to black. You are now in this location moments. It's seamless. That's the word I'm looking for. It's completely seamless, uh, which is unique. I think I don't know. I didn't. I can't remember that many games in the nine. It was. It certainly was for the time. That was the like revolutionary thing about that game. It, it has sure. a really fun gimmick feel to it, where it just it feels like a journey. It feels like a really long journey, mm-hmm. and it's quite immersive in the way where you're just walking from A to B, and there ain't no cuts. You're just doing it, uh, and I like mm-hmm. that little gimmick. <laughs> Also, I feel like I played most of the Source games uh, on console. I played original Half-Life. I played on the 360, the same as when I first played Left 4 Dead 2 uh, and Portal when I played all those. Uh, A lot of Team Fortress 2 was on uh, Xbox as well. I have since played most of them on PC, but I just just love Source on PC. You know, it's where it was born. Mm -hmm. It's where it's meant to be played. It just feels great. I love the the shooting. I love the weird, fast movement in the game. Um, the only problems I have with Black Mesa is I feel like the pacing is a bit off. Uh, this game is really long. It's It, it feels really long yeah. because Half-Life moves so fast. Uh, I love the pace of Half-Life. Wow. Like movement-wise, at least in uh, Black Mesa, you are like sprinting between rooms all the time. If you want, yeah. Well, there, there isn't really much to find side quest wise on the side except for maybe a bit of ammo uh, and it's more linear because of the time than Half-Life 2 so you're just kind of flying in Half-Life and it's like 15 hours long and it feels like 30 hours long yeah. uh, if this game I think overstays its welcome a little bit especially since the Half-Life gameplay loop is pretty much just arcade shooting non-stop uh, with a little yeah. bit of you know environmental puzzle solving and platforming which I think Black Mesa... Very little bit. Black Mesa does a, a better job of that stuff than Half-Life 2, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. Yeah, there's not a lot of it in the uh, in 2 or the mm. episodes, honestly. Half-Life 1 has some really fun uh, like world-building. Uh, it reminds me of Prey in the way that it has this big uh, environment and every section of it has a very specific, you know, uh, a purpose... There's manufacturing, mm. there's recycling, there's the industrial section, right. and it has fun world building and uh, platforming based around if you're like in the sewage department or if you're in this place, it's like conveyor belts, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the last part of the game, Zen, is very pretty, even though it has this very awkward platforming mechanic of this uh, like boost jump, which was getting frustrating. Um, it was cool. It was cool going back down memory lane for not me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Being you know, going down a piece of gaming history. Uh, yes. Assuming it is reflective of Half-Life 1, which I'd never played. Uh, this game must have been fucking crazy when it came out. Oh, yeah. Because I think, oh, yeah, it was. I think I'm yeah, more yeah. impressed by Black Mesa than I am by Half-Life 2. Because obviously, mm. when you played Half-Life 2, you're playing it after Half-Life 1. You have those expectations. You've seen some of the stuff that Half-Life 2 is doing. Uh, so playing Half-Life 1 when it first came out must have been mental. It was really like, yeah. long and detailed. The world building is great. I assume the gunplay was just as good back in the day. Uh, really impressive stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, in the span of five years, we went from Wolfenstein 3D, which was 93, damn, and then yeah. Doom was 94, and then Half-Life was, I think, 98. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, it, it's... And then, yeah, by the time you get to 2004 with Half-Life, it's like, well, Halo has come out, you know, uh, people are starting to figure out first-person shooters. I mean, Half-Life 2 also still an, a, a revelation for most people at the time, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The fact that like Half Life One came out in the '90s is a is a bit crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think mm-hmm. Half Life Two overall I will probably like better. We will see when I finished it. Mm-hmm. But already in Half Life mm-hmm. Two, I've done you know the first bit where you are on the air, the the raft, the floating thing. Hov- well, I can't remember what vehicle I'm trying to say here. Like the hovercraft uh, being chased by the helicopter. Oh, with the fan on the back. Yeah. What the hell do they call that? Uh, I don't remember. And th- but yes, that. And thing. then you're I'm in Ravenholm, which is like a horror part. And then I'm on the anti-lion part. I think that's what they're called. Oh, the fucking anti-lions. Yeah. Uh, and there's like oh, nice shit. variants going on there. Whereas in Half-Life One, it was kind of like just industrial factory setting for like yeah. eight hours. Then you're outside yeah. for like two hours, and then it's Zen for like three more hours. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I think just the pacing of Half-Life One is the only thing that is a bit off. Uh, according to the current times, I'm sure back in the day it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a great remake. I kind of understand why it took them so long to make now, because there is a lot of environments in that game and a lot of variants in those environments. Mm. And it's long. I didn't realize how long the game was. It took me ages to beat it. But uh, <laughs> I um I don't usually quote IGN, but uh, oh my god, I saw a quote from IGN which I kind of enjoyed, where they said. Uh, Black Mesa is good, but it feels like it already needs its own remake. <laughs> oh my and god. And playing Black Mesa, I'm like, yeah, this probably could do with a remake. <laughs> because Jesus. it took them so long to make it. it. It does feel a little bit last gen, even though it's a remake of last, well, last yeah. gen. <laughs> but whatever. It's not even a remake of last gen. It's a remake of like four generations yeah. ago. But I just, yeah. when it comes to these fan projects, I feel like we hear about them all the time and they never come to fruition. We've been hearing about like get, the uh, Morrowind Skyrim thing that's been going on for yeah. like forty years. I think. I mean, they normally get cease and desisted out of <laughs> yeah. existence. Uh, yeah. And there's like, I can't remember what I saw, but someone's been working on turning the Half-Life Three original script into a remake. Oh, that's yeah, been yeah. going on for yeah. years and years. I just feel like these never come out. Uh, so it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to see a fan project come out uh, and be good, and for them to achieve what they wanted to achieve. Yeah, and for Valve to let them make it and sell mm-hmm. it as well mm-hmm. is great. I like its yeah. style. I like when games have a retro style, but with modern tech, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, it's got a nice look to it. It's a cool game. I uh, I appreciated going back and playing it. Nice to see what yeah, Half-Life yeah. 1 was all about and why it was so impactful. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've started Half-Life 2. Uh, I'm at the Antline part. Uh, that game feels short. Mm-hmm. I'm only... Th- Three hours in, and I'm already at that part. That game is not short. Oh, so there is, that part. So there's a lot after that oh part. I can't really remember it. It, it that game is long as well, okay. uh, or at least it felt long. I mean, I only played the second half of it because I've replayed the first half of it so many times and gotten bored of it. Uh, but it was still like another five hours to play, like the last third of that game. I think. Yeah. Uh, I would probably end up it? replaying them all before I play Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Thankfully, the episodes are like two hours each. Yeah. Uh, episode two is more like three hours, three and a half hours, but yeah. they're they're much more. Manageable. It might make yeah. me a little bit late to get to Alex, just by a little bit, 
because Alex is out on Monday yeah. and I'm probably mm. not going to finish Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2. But I'm enjoying yeah. the journey enough and it's fucking VR and I waited, you know, two years to play a VR game. Uh, and Doom's out, so I, you know, I won't have finished Doom by this weekend because of I'm busy this weekend. So uh, when Half-Life Alex comes out, I'll probably just be playing Doom. And when I get through uh, Episode 1 and 2... I will look forward to playing uh, Alex because the story is being consistent yeah. and I've never played them chronologically uh, like this before because I obviously never played Half-Life 1, yeah. had no idea what all the Black Mesa shit was about and I like the world building of Half-Life. So I'm going to enjoy playing the entire series back to back. Yeah, that was sort of my main takeaway from playing them is like, yeah, the, most of the game stuff is not very interesting to me and 2 especially is just like, there's just so much combat in that game, which of course I mean yeah. it's first person shooter, but they there's there's like one enemy type and that and the zombies and that's it, you yeah. know, and it just it just goes on and on and on. And there uh, is... I definitely enjoy the episodes more. Mm-hmm. There uh, is something very satisfying about Source's hit scan model. It kind of feels like every oh, yeah. gun is a laser beam and they can be like yeah, two hundred yeah. feet Especially away with, with a magnum mouse. and you just like poke someone's head off it. It's it's satisfying. Compared to when yeah. I played it on uh, yeah. Xbox. But but it definitely is a slog. It was a slog for me. Uh, parts of it, especially where it's just like, there's a lot of just like defend this area. Mm-hmm. I remember know, that for like ten minutes. And it's like, oh my god, this just keeps fucking yes. going. I um, had the exact same feeling in multiple parts of Black Mesa. Like, yeah, yeah, that was me. Like every, it's like every like twenty minutes in Half Life Two is just like, oh my god, here we fucking go again. Mm-hmm. I feel like Half Life Episode Two feels like a a a lot like episode. Uh, Episode two feels a lot like two, except episode two is three hours instead of thirteen hours. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's like truncated down. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I enjoyed episode one the most because it was just mm. like constantly on the move, and they sort of have a little more fun with like the flashlight mechanics and darkness, and uh, there's a little bit of platforming in one section. Episode two has a lot of twos things where you're just like there's driving around, which doesn't feel very good, and there's doing a defend an area thing for way too long yeah. and episode two has a lot of that as well so yeah, i look f- but yeah I, I i enjoyed seeing the story stuff even though there's almost no story in half-life 2 anyways like all of the story across all those games i feel like you could put into like 20 minutes yeah. and that would be i had to um i had to um, but- google what happened between half-life 1 and 2 because there's a 20 year gap Right, yeah, and Half Life One ends, and then I just start Half Life Two, and I I know you know the Half Life Two world. I know like the co- the and combine. It's like the apocalypse. Yeah, you don't you don't remember at the end of Half Life One where Alex is like, "See you again in twenty five years." <laughs> no, she's not in Half Life One. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just yeah, you just does the seven year war happen or seven hour war happen between no, Half Life One and Two? Not at all. You just end Half Life. When does the seven hour war? It just off screen. No, but it happens like in the off-screen between yes. those yeah, two oh, games, yeah, sorry, right? sorry, yeah. In those 20 years. Okay. Do you end Half-Life 1 just basically shutting the portal to Zen, which is letting these monsters in, and that's it. Yeah. And then you start Half-Life 2, and this alternate reality uh, species called the Combine has overtaken the world, and the Zen are enslaved. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, are you going to explain this? And apparently not. Not nope. really. <laughs> no, they, they don't really. Even throughout Half-Life 2, they just sort of reference. But I kind of appreciate that, yeah, I was that, about to say that method of storytelling. You kind yeah. of have to uh, and I enjoyed, what happens. My favorite part of all of these games was the like f- three minute section near the end of episode two where they talk about aperture science. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't realize they literally said aperture science in the Half-Life game. I would, and yeah. how the Borealis, 
the Borealis, which you can find in Portal 2, is like the key to Portal technology and how Aperture was experimenting with Portal technology and that created the Portal gun. Mm -hmm. And portals are important because there's a giant portal that the Combine want to open so that they can invade the entire planet. Yes. And it's like, oh, so Portal is actually, and Aperture Science are actually like quite important to this story. That's like neat. Black, and Black then Mesa it was over. is <laughs> definitely the inspiration for a lot of Portal. It's very industrialized in a kind of parody type yeah, of yeah. way. And there is a Portal place in Black Mesa. Yeah, they sort of they sort of reference Aperture as like the sister company mm-hmm. of Black Mesa. Yeah, so, I like I just like um, Half Life. I like the world. I like the gameplay. I like its weird, empty, lonely tone. Uh, I can understand not finding it fun or interesting because it can be slow and repetitive, but it just has such a yeah. weird, unique energy to it, which I uh, I like. I like a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what Half Life yes. is like because. Valve, as a studio, has learned a lot about making video games since mm-hmm. even Episode 2. Mm-hmm. You know, the leap in quality uh, to Portal 2, for example, is just as like a, a purely designed and paced game is just monumental, I think, uh, from from Episode 2. And it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how they balance combat and puzzles and what is the story stuff in that game uh it'll be very interesting yeah. as a whole and i wonder if there's any sort of like you know for years everyone's always said like half-life 3 is you know gordon freeman gets a gravity gun right like yeah or not the gravity the uh, the portal mm-hmm. gun right uh, like do they merge do they start to sort of bring ideas from portal into half-life and uh, i i don't really have any expectations yeah. it's more just like i have literally no idea also, um, uh, like, and it'll be very interesting there's always been minor aspects of platforming in those games so how do they do that in vr when you're teleporting you know is it, is it just combat True. without that stuff I, d- I don't know good call but i'm done i'm wrapped up <laughs> okay i thought i was just reading a thing i thought that they were delaying final fantasy 7 again <laughs> because of covid they just they just put out a statement oh. but they said it is still okay. happening that would yeah, honestly but, just be uh, funny at physical this point. Co- physical copies might be hard to get uh, okay, okay. anyways um I mean, fuck physical copies, yeah. right? I mean, it's 2020, guys. What are you? What are we doing? Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll just talk about Mass Effect and uh, and uh, I guess Destiny discourse, and oh. I'll, I'll I'll dunk on and Division maybe because I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, only five minutes on. Division. Oh yeah. Um, I I I picked up uh, in the absolute nothingness of the last month and a half. There's just been no video games. I think I I think the only new release this year that I have played is Dreams, which I played throughout all of last year. Uh, there have been literally no fucking games this year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked up my Mass Effect 2 save because I was watching a replay of Mass Effect 2 and then they got to about where I had left off and I was like, what am I doing? I should just play this game. Uh, spent a night installing way too many gigabytes of texture mods <laughs> and updated pre-rendered videos um, and picked up my Mass Effect 2 save, which I had played about five hours of when Mass Effect Andromeda had come out after that. And then I picked it up again and played another five hours after Anthem had come out. You can see a little pattern there. Hmm. And then um, and then I picked up and finished off Mass Effect 2, which was about 10. It was only about 10 or 11 more hours. It's only like 22 hour long game or so to do a sort of main run through. Um, that game, still very good. <laughs> Shocking. I know. Uh, but yeah, that game still holds up real good. My biggest problem with Mass Effect 2 is that I've played it so many times that I basically remember everything about it <laughs> because I have a very good memory when it comes to video games, unfortunately. Hmm. And so 
pretty much every single scene in that game, when it would start, I'd be like, what's this thing again? And then about a few lines in, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've probably played through that whole game like eight times. Damn, damn girl. I played, I played it once. More. I'm not sure. I played that game a lot on the 360. Um, but yeah, that game, uh, I had never done a full, I don't know if I had ever done a full female renegade Ooh, shepherd nice. playthrough. Like Femme shepherd renegade like playthrough. I don't know if I ever had and uh, wow, is she one crazy motherfucker in Aspect 2. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Nice. I, I posted my little anecdote of the funniest thing in that game is you're in a hostage situation and uh, I don't remember the character's name. Thane, Thane's son is holding a hostage. Kolyat, he's holding a ho- someone hostage. It's a politician. It's a pro-human or anti-human politician. He's holding him hostage, threatening to blow his brains out. And the cops are all around you and Shepard's there. And you're talking to him, and he's like, I'll, I'll kill the politician. Don't do it. Don't come any closer, Shepard. And then there's a renegade interrupt from fucking crazy bitch Shepard. She just shoots that hostage right nice. in the head and is like, you can't negotiate if you don't have a hostage, idiot. And everyone in the room is just like, what are you doing, Shepard? And she's just like, it was necessary. I made the right call. I don't care about morals. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh you're my insane, God. woman. Um, and it was, it was amazing. She... The writing and performance for for Femme Shep yeah. really is fantastic. It's mainly the performance. Jennifer Hale is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so much better than Male Shepherd, even though he's very good as well. <laughs> he is she's good just for got, what he is. Yeah, but she's just got a, a a bite in all of her deliveries that is just like, ooh, she she's a bit. She's got a hard edge on her, even when you play a renegade, you yeah. know, uh, or or Paragon. Um, but yeah, the, there there is a lot of very good writing in Mass Effect 2. Um, and man, is it ever... It really puts their newer games to... Sh- it's, it's just yeah, wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but the main the main one that I was very curious to revisit was Mass Effect 3. I have certainly played through Mass Effect 3 a few times. Um, I don't know how many times. At least twice. Maybe maybe three times uh, back in the day. Uh, but it, it was I didn't remember it quite as vividly as two. And uh, Mass Effect Three is a fascinating, weird game to 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 revisit. Really? It is mostly quite good. I think I'm trying to think of a good comparison. And I think in a lot of ways, Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect One and Two are like old TV, like Star Trek, like the Next Generation. Which, of course, none of us really have a lot of reference to. I know you guys don't at all, but, like, it's about, like, intelligent characters, intelligent, mature characters doing weird side missions, basically, mm. is is what Star Trek was back yeah, in the yeah. day. And that's what Mass Effect 1 and 2 are in a lot of ways. And Mass Effect 3 is more like J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek. Right. AKA it's kind of a big, dumb blockbuster, mm. stupid movie, but it's also like 2009 Star Trek is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe not a great Star Trek movie in its heart and soul, <laughs> but it's a big, dumb blockbuster and it's very good and very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mass Effect three is mostly that I would say it is compared to Mass Effect one and two kind of a, a, a real big, change in a lot of ways in terms of tone and presentation uh it is so much more an action game uh with a lot less personality in the writing and choices but it is still 
compelling and entertaining and there are still like good moments and great characters and all these things throughout it so it's it was good to revisit to remember that yeah mass effect 3 i think still a a very solid game especially now disconnected from all the shit it went through uh it's much easier to sort of appreciate it as a whole even with all of its warts and problems Mm -hmm. um I was I took a note down which is was me thinking like I think it's Mass Effect 3 was hated so so desperately at the time everyone was so fucking mad at that game and I think a lot of it was because it was sort of a there was kind of like a perfect storm of like garbage leading up to that game um in that it was I and I I had to go back and remind myself of all of it but like um it was one of the first games that had extensive mi- microtransactions in it. Mm-hmm. In the multiplayer. I didn't remember any of this. Uh, it was one of the first games that had multiplayer like tacked onto it, yep. you know, for no reason. It was part of EA's big initiative. They did it in Dead Space 3 as well. Um, it has a multiplayer tacked onto it, which is like, okay, red, you know, that immediately sets off alarm, alarm bells for people. Turns out that multiplayer would, was actually like really good, mm. I thought. Um, but that's one chalk mark down on the board that creates a huge pile of bullshit, right? Okay, so we've got multiplayer. Then it turns out, oh shit, we've got insane like pay-to-win microtransactions in it. Uh-oh. And then they also did, um, they also marketed the whole game as like, this is a great place to en- to get into the Mass Effect trilogy. The third game is a great entry. We've made it so that new people can come to the franchise in the third game and have a good time, which is a very stupid way to market your game mm. uh, that has entirely and always been pitched as a trilogy um, yeah. with a connected story. And then the fucking DLC. Oh my God. The From Ashes DLC, which was the pre-order, like fancier edition DLC. Mm-hmm. Exclusive to that, or you could buy it separately for, I think, $15. It, and that was also part of the pre, pre-release marketing. That DLC adds the most important uh, ca- um, character, squad character in that series to you, to the game. It adds a Prothean, which is the you know the ancient oh. race that is dead. Oh, yeah, Javik is a, a Prothean that you find like alive in a in a cryo tube buried in an archaeology dig, and he is added to your crew. And I I played it with. You know, I, I, this is not new. I've always played the game with him and with that DLC, but they charged for it at the time. Mm, nice. And, Crazy. And it was like, there are scenes where if you have him, like he adds a monumentally different perspective to that entire game. Um, and I think a lot of Mass Effect 3's problems just, or reception at the time from the public come down to just, they were like, sort of how everyone freaked out to Star Wars Battlefront 2, right? Where... Battlefront 2 was not the worst, yeah. or, or it was probably the worst at it, but it was not the first. Like Shadow of Mordor or Shadow yeah. of War, or whatever it's called, had come out prior. And there were a few games prior to Battlefront 2 that were like prepping everyone and getting everyone angry about ma- microtransactions. And then Battlefront 2 just happened to be the breaking point. It was for definitely everyone. the worst offender. And I think, come on. It was, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. But I think Mass Effect 3 sort of suffered a similar fate in that there was just a bunch of really shitty kind of yeah, just a lot yeah. of really shitty things presented prior to the game even coming out 
that were and, and just getting people angry already and then it came out and was a flawed game with problems and and that's just the way it is and i think disconnected from all that you can be like yeah mass effect 3 is is a flawed game uh, but it's still got a lot of really compelling stuff in it I and liked it. honestly mass effect 3 was always going to be a flawed game because there's no way you build a game like this and not have it piss people off like yeah. it's it was it was at the time where people were still figuring out how to do choices in games i still think mass effect series is the most ambitious in terms of potential outcomes for choices in that like you're literally changing states of entire species yeah. you know uh, with your choices instead of like oh this one character dies it's like no i literally cured the krogan uh birth rate problem and it's like you know so they were sort of figuring it out as they were going along and it was incredibly ambitious for the time and mass effect 3 was always going to be kind of a failure in that way because there's no way there's literally no way they can write a game and build a game that has enough flexibility and outcomes to satisfy people so they went with sort of the telltale shape where it all comes back to the same endpoint which is fine and i mean the endpoint is kind of bad mm. and poorly written and goofy but like i don't know i don't know what they would have done i don't have a better solution to the ending of mass effect 3 um and i i don't envy them having to figure it out so yeah. it was uh, it was it was good to revisit i had a good time and it made me the one thing i think mass effect 3 is really good at is um so mass effect 1 is like Mass Effect 1 is about discovering the world and falling in love with like the broader world, right? And then Mass Effect 2 is about uh, meeting all these characters and falling in love with all these characters. And then Mass Effect 3 is really good about uh, burning all of that down and making that actually really sad and effective. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're watching this this like amazing science fiction world uh, with all these amazing characters and you're watching kind of all of it die throughout the entire game. And it's really good at that. And mm. I was uh, surprised how effective sort of the tonal shift for Mass Effect 3 is. Um, it's definitely a deliberate and yeah, at times it's a bit corny um, with like the, the ghostly kid that haunts your nightmares and all that shit. But it's, uh, it, it, it's effective at that. And, uh, and there's some sad stuff in that game that, and, and there are some amazingly tough and kind of shitty choices you make especially if you go renegade um where you're like yeah let's tell the krogans that we're going to cure their um the the genophage which is the like stops them from breeding let's tell them we're going to cure them Ugh. so that they join us but let's not actually do it and let's keep it a secret and shepherd is like dealing with that horrible choice for the rest of that game and and like they do a good job of acknowledging when you make a shitty choice and how it was like this was a shitty choice but it was for the greater good long term of the galaxy and uh, they they do good stuff throughout that game and i i had a good time yeah and i still think the reaction to mass effect 3 is ridiculous yeah uh, i i honestly thought it was just about the ending well that was small piece, small part of the pie i think the mass effect i think Yes, I do think that the the online reaction is hyper focused on the mm. ending, and that is stupid because Mass Effect Three, throughout the whole of it, has a lot of problems. And I think 
people just, it, it's sort of like what I talked about with the lead up and payoff, you know, of angering people before the game comes out. Mass Effect 3 sort of does that in micro scale in the game itself, where it's like the game itself has a bunch of things, a bunch of problems, getting people sort of disappointed and angry and leading up to the finale ending, which is like the catalyst for everyone's hatred uh, right. and disappointment in a way. And uh, yeah, I mean, the internet still says the ending of Mass Effect 3 is the worst thing of all time and but and Mass Effect 3 is an atrocity, but I don't think any of that's true. It's It's a solid game. It's a solid enough conclusion to a very, very ambitious project yeah. uh, and series of three games, I think. And and probably the thing that bothers me the most about three to wrap up is Mass Effect one and two are full of really mature character, and three is this way as well. They're full of every character in that game is mature and old, and and has like seen the world and is experienced and sort of grizzled and hardened mm-hmm. and mass effect 3 sort of tries to a little bit like youngify everything make everyone seem a bit younger and a little and like and that's mainly in the writing style uh it's like everyone's just sort of talking a little less intelligently and a little more uh, you can sort of see the path that would take them to the style of writing in Andromeda, starting in Mass Effect 3, I, I think, in that everyone is sort of a young, dumb idiot in Andromeda. Oh, yeah. And you can sort of... I can see the very subtle beginnings of that in 3's writing, hmm. um, which is unfortunate, because Mass Effect 1 and 2, every character you meet is sort of... is so well-versed in who they are and the universe, and everyone in it is mature. And that's reflective of most modern entertainment nowadays is like everything is everyone is a kid in all these movies nowadays. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Like bring mm-hmm. back older and mature characters that, are, you know, you don't need to be an ancient person to be smart and mature. You can be like a 40 year old uh, and it's still effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very interesting to revisit. Uh, and it was like 30, 33 hours or so it was it yeah was, i forget how short they are chunky yeah it was a good length though mass effect 3 was longer than i remembered um i would like to also revisit them because i haven't played them since i first ever played them except for the first one i can't remember yeah. why but i played that one twice but i'm just you know i'm holding out hope that maybe they remastered them maybe yeah I'm probably the biggest thing to me thinking about mass effect again is is Mass Effect did more than almost any trilogy I can ever think of, I think, in terms of ambition, world building, the depth to which they created this universe and fleshed out these characters is like unprecedented, I think, in a lot of ways. In storytelling, especially for games, and nothing this generation has come close to Mm it. Um, And... I really do desperately love Mass Effect the universe and I I it is tragic how how underutilized it has been or rather how poorly mm, yeah. utilized it has been uh, cuz it is it is really an extraordinary universe that they built and Mass Effect 1 and 2 are like two of the most amazing video games of all time and I and, and I've started watching a Mass Effect 1 replay and it's like that game was so fucking packed with stuff. It's unbelievable that it came out in 2007. Yeah. Um, and just the quality of writing is incredible throughout those two games. Uh, 
Yeah, it, Mass Effect good. Shocking news: Mass Effect still good. Mass Effect still good? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, really quickly. So I I got the Division Two Warlords from New York or whatever the hell it's called expansion. Ubisoft sent us codes. Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ubisoft, as always. Um, I thought about doing a review for it like a one year later. Cool. But man, I just got so bored of playing it. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I played I played like fifty hours of Division oh Two in the in the month God. or so that it was out. I had had a good time. Ugh. Warlords from New York. I managed. I played through the whole thing, and it was like twelve hours. And I was like, I'm out of here. And um, looking at the subreddit, it turns out everyone's mad and hates it right now because they have gone back to like Division One style of balancing that they. They've basically just been undoing their good work that they did for the sort of core balance of yeah. two, which is like everything is just an insane bullet sponge. Nothing, none of the loot makes you strong. Uh, it was just interesting to see uh, everyone kind of be like frustrated at, at them making the same mistakes they made and then figured out uh, like years Seems ago. Seems to happen quite a lot, um, apparently. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's it's very strange. Um, I, yeah, it's weird. Ubisoft keeps trying to make that game, you know, a destiny in terms of um, ongoing popularity and success, and it just doesn't seem like people want it. Uh, mm. and, and they keep sort of fumbling it. It's interesting to watch. Um, and yeah, Destiny's on fire again. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, it's what? it's been eighteen months of Destiny being lovey dovey and great, and it's time for everyone to now what? to hate it again. Well, they they've they this season is just sort of started, but it's none of the loot matters. That's a big thing. God. There's nothing compelling. There's no compelling loot to chase, and none nothing is hard, so none of the loot matters. Uh, people are continually pissed off at the microtransaction Eververse store because it gets so much stuff and none of it is is earnable by playing nice. the game, which sort of ties into the first point of none of the loot matters and there's nothing worth chasing because all the cool shit is just uh, paid, pay your Ooh. pull out your wallet to get, which has been a problem since Destiny 2. Wait, launched. is there like guns um, behind the Eververse store? No, it's all cosmetic. Okay. It's all cosmetic. Um, but cosmetic in Destiny is like 80% sure, of sure. Destiny. So, um, And then... there, I think Bungie's just in the... the Bungie seems addicted to having Destiny be in a stage of transition and unknown, mm. I think. Because mm. every time I feel like they find their footing, something happens or they change their direction. Yeah. And to keep it pretty fluid. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like you know they 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 shipped D2 as being like super casual and that worked to a degree uh and alienated the hardcore and then with sort of the Forsaken era, which was like a year and a half of Destiny, it was very hardcore oriented. And now the game has gone free to play, you know, the base game at least. And they've they're doing battle pass stuff, and it's just basically right now. Last season was good, and this season might end up being good. But the initial impression of this season is just like all you do is pop bounties, and there's nothing interesting or worthwhile to chase or play or do right now. And that works for me. Like I'm okay, and I'm okay with 
not playing much Destiny for a while when there's new games out. Um, but they're just in a weird place right now. I think they're still finding their footing now that they don't have these the extra Activision support. You know, um, but what's, and I what's think, next on their roadmap? Um, we don't know right now. In terms of big things, it's basically just like ten dollar season, three month seasons. Um, there will be some sort of big thing in in the fall. It's not Destiny three. It's going to be an expansion of some sort, mm-hmm. but uh, no real details on where things are going. And you know, like game development is is not a linear road. It's a bunch of things being made in parallel. So like. They built this season probably, they sketched it out like six months ago probably, Mm -hmm. and they can't implement change quickly. That's just the way game development works. Um, Yeah, it's fine. It'll it'll sort itself out, I'm sure. It's just, they're just in a weird place. And and we were sort of spoiled because uh, like most of the DLCs for Destiny 2 up until this year have had a raid with each of them because... Mm -hmm there were like 1500 people making destiny across four different studios. Now it's 700 people at one studio, you know, and we're basically at the point that we got to in D one, where it was like, what is everyone at that company working on? (laughs) You know, um, but whatever it's it's fine. I I mean, I've had no real problems with destiny until just in the last couple of weeks and more Obviously, like the internet has had more problems with it for the last three or four months, <laughs> years. But, or years in some cases. Um, but you know, it's just it's just in a weird place right now. I think, and they're 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 proposing some changes to the game that are bad. Like they want to start retiring weapons oh. because they can't balance the game because it's everyone is so overpowered and they don't know how to make content that's actually challenging. Which is like you should just figure out how to make the content more challenging instead of saying these powerful weapons that we love are being retired. Yeah, yeah it shouldn't be because destiny related, is all day, about you just shoot you shoot your gun at an enemy. Yeah, destiny is all about. I I like this gun. I want to use it everywhere for everything. Just and nerf, I want to like, use it for yeah, the next. I want to use nerf, it for five years straight. Stats. Like have have event stats. Yeah. Like just yeah. Do that. So so their proposal right now is like instead of. They don't like the fact that people are using the same gun for five years and breaking all their encounters. And so their proposal is, we're going to retire that weapon. And it's like, well, make better content. Find a better solution. So we'll see. Uh, But I'm not opposed to it. I'd be curious to see how it would would feel. Jamie, uh, tell them they're wrong. Um, Bungie is never wrong. That's their attitude. That's always been their attitude, even since the Halo days. You're right. Bungie is never wrong about anything. Sad. Shut up, you idiots, and listen to what we He's do. He's not so. wrong. Yeah. We call them Bungo for a reason. I bet yeah. they love that. Because we love them. Um, I oh they oh yeah. They love it when you call them Bungo or Bungo. <laughs> yeah. It's apparently it's apparently they actually yeah, they apparently actually do legitimately. I think that was that. A, a um, soda over here. I think it was called Umbungo. Probably. Yeah. Uh, um Umbungo. <laughs> um <laughs> Man, that was good as well. So yeah, I, whatever. I think Destiny, the developers and the fans are addicted to the cycle of this is the best <laughs> game. The game is so good. It's never been better. And then this game is an atrocity. I want to kill myself. It's the worst game ah. ever made. I think everyone involved in Destiny, developers and players, like that cycle and want to find every problem with it possible when they are in the cycle of this game is terrible. <laughs> um 
you know, in six months when the fall <laughs> comes around, I can tell you it's not going to be the same tune because that's just how destiny goes. And I feel like people are just idiots and they f- keep forgetting that every year or so or 18 months, uh, destiny is the worst it's ever been. And then it's the best it's ever been. And that's just the way of the There's road. Always so, destiny three. Yeah. Umbongo. Umbongo. Interesting. Uh, And that's it. Yeah, that's all. Um, I'm glad games are coming out again. Sort of. Because I'm fucking desperate. I have Doom installed on my PC and playable right now, and it's killing me. I I just want to stop talking. So so I'm going to. I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. Hell yeah. Xbox just updated their their website saying coming Thanksgiving 2020. Thanks? Like on the day? Instead of. Or the. No, it just says Thanksgiving 2020 November, instead of baby. holiday 2020. So that that's November. Okay. That's US Thanksgiving. Cool. So pretty much the exact same launch window as last nice. time. 20 20th of November or so. But that's encouraging. Yes. That is uh, actually yeah, you're right. If you did, you're right. It doesn't say coming soon or coming or eventually to be or coming 2021. Yeah, TBA, yeah. Um, that is good. Yes. Uh if you made it this far into the podcast, stay safe out there. Yes. Uh, yeah. I hope you're doing okay. Wash your hands. Remember and your that, body. Remember that it is not every man for himself. And yeah. community is important. It's every man I and woman something... for themselves. And also Fuck. I, I, Yeah, I was gonna I Sorry, was gonna get I ruined the yeah, sentiment. It, yeah. Remember that I just, think that's the thing that, that is most important for people to to take into practice. Yeah. Is that like everyone's in the same situation? Yep. Hoarding shit doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Literally, doesn't help. It doesn't even help you. All your food is gonna rot, you fucking idiot. Um, you know, just be civilized and remember that, like, you know, okay, you have to make some sacrifices for a little while. It's for the greater mm-hmm. good. Yeah. We're all in this together, and uh, hopefully, we'll have an uh, have a podcast in a month and not everyone on earth is dead <laughs> and be leery of friggin screen use i think a lot of people friggin they look at their phone and they're like they don't realize that what they're reading on their phone is happening around them right now like it's just it's like a portal right so disconnect folks uh realize that it is on top of us all right now it's happening, it's happening in yeah. real time even though it doesn't feel like that in some places no no like canada where there are only like 500 people that have it but yeah. It'll get there pretty soon. Yeah, and in like rural towns in England, like no one has it. As Jamie said, you we're all in this together. Notice it in some parts of the mm-hmm. world, yeah. But you know, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting month. Yeah, yeah. Two months, six months, year, two years, ten years. <sighs> Never honestly. been a better time to stay inside and play some damn games. That's for dang. But sure. hell yeah, video games are here until they won't. Be. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. So while they're here, we're going to play yes. them. <laughs> wow. And we will talk about them for too long. And you'll have no choice but to listen to us because you're inside now. And please exactly. listen to our voice. Yours. Read a book, maybe? I don't, I'm never going to do uh, that. That's, that's, that's a meme. I'm book. sorry. I ever regret even saying that out loud. That's just, I'm actually embarrassed. Oh, they're heavy. Yeah. Don't read a book. Go and play Doom. It's probably pretty <laughs> yeah, good. There you and, and, and then focus your, your fear and anxiety into Animal Crossing, which is a perfect little... It's like the little universes in Men in Black, yeah. where you can just you can just pretend that that's your reality now. Yeah. Is maybe if you put your switch up close enough to your head, it'll be like VR, and you can just live in Animal Crossing. Sure, 
Like you can't, you can go outside in real life for sure. Def, definitely do that. Well, it depends too. on where you are. I mean, Canada is in; it is still winter in part. In, in Canada, oh well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But you know, you might you might need to bundle up a little more. But there's no outside. ban on going outdoors, so take a yeah, rip well, out there. Well, you know, then, in like three days, it might be a different tune. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't go outside anyway, yeah. so <laughs> literally nothing has changed. I've been practicing for, me. for years. I have been building up to this isolation my entire fucking <laughs> life. I am ready. This is a path 26, six, 26 years uh, in the making. You're at that age where you've forgotten how old you are. You get yeah. there. You get there. My birthday is next month. It's not going to be very exciting, I don't think. Oh, I'm flying out. <laughs> it's not going to be a... Uh, oh, yep. yeah? <laughs> good, good. Be I'll be there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Stuck at the airport for three months. Uh, Yeah. Take us home, Ben. Country road. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the relevant channels at Defend the House, at Defend the Gram on Instagram if we're doing anything there. Defend the Twitch on Twitch. I love you. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Nice. Look forward to talking about games next time yeah. with uh, a couple of heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. Doom. Animal oh. Crossing. Finally. Oh yeah, God! There's a fucking new Half-Life game out in less than <laughs> yeah. a week. Oh yeah, that's oh, so crazy! Dude. I already bought that shit too, dude. Already Me too. Bought it. <laughs> that's on Monday. It's wild. That I have no job, dude. Hack. I can play that immediately. Exactly. It's so weird thinking I don't have work tomorrow. Like I was Welcome scheduled to, to work, life. and it's work is canceled. <laughs> work is canceled. Oh yeah, this is weird. You're gonna be on top of a um, AAA new release before I am, Ben. You'll probably you'll probably finish Half-Life yeah. Alex before I do. I can play Animal Crossing at midnight because I pre-ordered yeah. it. Like I can play Animal. Exactly. I don't have Doom pre-ordered. Hey, do, do you think? Shame you? on you. Yeah. Um, I just had a. I was thinking the other day when they announced the like release time for Half Life, and it was like 10 a.m. on Monday. I was like, Monday? That's a weird release date. And then I realized it's VR, and it they own Steam. There's literally no physical copy. They can just put yeah, that the game away. They yeah, want. Who cares? Yeah, what it comes it's up. Steam. They yeah. own the platform it's releasing that's on, and silly, it's a digital isn't it? VR yeah. game. The power. I just had that. It was just weird. Oh, yeah, that's a big ball play. That's a big ball yeah, play for sure. Publisher, yeah. Distributor. Monday at 10 a.m. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyways, might stream it. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I've not. I've. I'm not used. I don't know how to like. I need to experiment with and figure out VR recording because fuck uh, yeah, I'm gonna stream that for sure. It's uh, you, just, you would just a yeah. uh, window capture Oculus Mirror. Yes. Yeah. Well, it won't be. Well, you can also. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't used Steam. I've VR done it before, much, Ben, so, so I can lead okay. you through it. You can even get chat in VR. Sexy. You can get your Twitch yeah. chat in there. I'll have stuff. Sarah just whispering me all the chat in my ear because there's gonna be nobody <laughs> yeah, watching anyway. Yeah, Actually, so. avoid go. your elbows. I like that. Actually, I don't want to read chat. I'm going to be playing Half-Life. Well, okay. Do I have... There's going to be no chat anyways. Let's just have to... I'll find a way. (laughs) Find a way. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.